At one time or another, many of us have said, I don't have a thing to wear. But few of us know what that literally means. In the fantasy world of J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter, there's a creature named Dobby. He's a house elf. He's short with a long, thin nose. He's got bat-like ears and big green eyes. Dobby lives the life of a servant. No, he lives the life of a slave. He's bound to work for one wizarding family until he dies. They treat him badly. When we meet Dobby, he wears an old pillowcase. He doesn't own any clothes. In today's scripture reading, we meet a group of widows who know what it's like not to have clothes of their own. Most of us can't relate to that. We don't know the indignity of literally having no clothing. We might not like our clothes or they might not fit well. Our challenge might be to find the right clothing or more clothing, but it's not that we don't own any clothing. However, this was the situation for these widows. Being a widow involves a devastating series of losses. In biblical times, being a widow was even more than sad. It was dangerous. Without a husband or a man in her life, a widow had no social standing, no property, no rights. Widows were vulnerable to abuse often unhoused and unfed. They had no one to protect or represent them. With no income, widows couldn't clothe themselves. They were too poor to weave. They couldn't even create cloth to drape around themselves. Back to Harry Potter and Dobby with a spoiler alert from the Chamber of Secrets. In wizard society, House elves can be freed if they receive clothing from their masters. Harry Potter tricks a member of the wizard family into giving Dobby a single sock. Suddenly, Dobby is free, freed by a sock. One sock liberates him. One sock turns the tables on the rich and powerful and changes Dobby's life. Our reading from Acts tells us how clothing changes the lives of a group of widows. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. That sentence tells us something important. Tabitha is the only woman actually named a disciple in all of the New Testament. We know there were women who followed Jesus who functioned as disciples, but no one else receives that designation, only Tabitha. She's called by two names. Tabitha is her Jewish name and Dorcas is her Greek name. She's rooted in Judaism and she's part of the wider Greco-Roman world. But these aren't the only things, these aren't even the most significant things that make Tabitha stand out. She directs and manages a welfare program for Joppa's widows. 
Through her good works and acts of charity, she clothes them. She gives them hope. But suddenly, all that changes. Her death plunges the community into profound grief. When she dies, her ministry to the people on the margins dies with her. They've lost their friend and their advocate. No wonder the widows weep. Recently, Broad Streeter Barb Lux shared a memory of her grandmother. I share it with permission. It turns out her grandmother was a stern woman, not a person known for affection and warmth. Barb says, when my grandmother died at age 89, I was 12. I remember her calling hours so vividly. At least twice, old men went up to her casket and started to cry. I realize now they were probably only in their 60s. They told me the same story. My family was poor. I wanted to be confirmed at church, but my parents couldn't afford a suit. When your grandmother found out I didn't have one, she made me the most beautiful suit and I got to be confirmed. After Tabitha dies, tears flow from the widows. Their dignity was saved by the clothes she made for them. The disciples send for Peter, Peter, a witness to Jesus' resurrection, Peter, who was gaining a reputation for miraculous deeds done in Jesus' name. Maybe Peter could reverse the hopelessness. When he arrives, the widows stand beside him, weeping. It's quiet except for the sounds of their sorrow, as if the world has gone silent, unable to say anything in the face of suffering and death. The widows show Peter the clothing Tabitha made for them. They don't point to a pile of items on a table. They point to what they're wearing because it's the clothing they have. The clothing they wear is her work of love. Suddenly, the story becomes Peter's story. Faith gives him something to say in the face of death. Just like Jesus does in the Gospels, Peter clears the room. He kneels and prays, Tabitha, get up. She opens her eyes and sits up. Word gets out. Many believe. Tabitha lives to die another day. The widows have their friend and advocate restored. We never hear a word from Tabitha, not then or anywhere else in the Bible. And that's not surprising because she isn't remembered for her words. After her resuscitation, her work of love continues. Her ministry multiplies through the work of the widows to the whole community. In Joppa, the poor are draped with dignity. Throughout Broad Street's history, hundreds and hundreds of faithful people have followed Jesus through the years and participated in good works and acts of charity. Today, we remember a few who may have been inspired by Tabitha. 
in a book published in 1937 entitled 50 Years of the Broad Street Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Ohio, we read about Miss Nellie B. Stout, a church member who joined in 1890. For, for 46 years, she has continuously headed some relief committee. Like the master of old, she has gone about doing good, securing food, coal, clothing, and other necessities, and in their distribution to children and adults, giving comfort and cheer to the sick and discouraged, and directing them to the source of all good. In the 1960s, Jane Peterson started the first clothing center at Broad Street. It operated until 1996. At that time, the church ended that ministry and recognized the good work of other neighborhood clothing centers, particularly the United Methodist Free Store on Parsons Avenue. In 2005, a plaque was placed at the entrance to the East Wing, naming it the Jane McCoy Peterson Neighborhood Outreach Ministry Center. Later, Kay Easton started Shawl Ministry. Libby Weatherholt has continued it. Women and men continue to knit and crochet shawls and car seat blankets that enfold and comfort the generations. And then there are masks. Early on in the pandemic, many of you sewed face masks for family. And then you kept sewing for those working in the food pantry and then for those coming into the food pantry. And then you continue to sew masks for the larger community, mask after mask after mask, generous life-saving gifts, the work of love. We return to Barb Lux and her stern German grandmother. Barb recalls how seeing the men weep beside her grandmother's casket made her realize there was more to learn about her family history. It turns out her grandmother had been orphaned at age 12, along with a seven-year-old brother. It was the late 1880s. She found work as a seamstress for a family living in a big house on Broad Street. They gave her a room and they let her keep her brother. Her ability to sew kept them together. Barb's grandmother didn't receive much love or nurture, which makes the tears of the men even more poignant. Her grandmother's own painful journey gave her compassion. She responded in the way she knew best. She sewed. Each suit was a work of love. No wonder the men wept. The clothing she made helped them fit in and be part of the community. The suits changed their lives and preserved their dignity. This fourth Sunday in Eastertide, there is something so tangible about resurrection. You can wear it and you can share it with others. Forces in society conspire to strip away the humanity of the widows. Tabitha clothes the most vulnerable with worth and dignity. 
all in the name of the crucified and risen one. Thanks be to God for this disciple and for all who have come after her. Thanks be to God for love we can wear and love we can share. Amen.